Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, a legacy member of the Jittery Monkey Podcast family, and of course, proudly associated with the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko. We are down a, a member one leg of the tripod. No Haas Reuter this week. It is midterms week for him. He is swamped. So, uh, you know, as they like to say, keep him in your thoughts and prayers and hope that uh, he pulls through, uh, not just uh, treading water, but uh, jet skiing on that son of a bitch. Uh, but John Dam Johnston is here with me this week. John, how are you, sir? Your voice sounds a lot softer, like you're not as edgy. Well, is it son- because I'm a sensitive guy? No, it's because my son's awake. Oh, okay. So, and he I might- thought you were recognizing this my sensitive nature. I, I sure that's what it is, John. You're right. In fact, <laughs> we, we might be we might be visited. Do you want to say anything? No. Okay. You're just going to hang out? Okay. Good job. Thanks Thanks for having a chat. You got something in your hair, kid. I don't know how you got... It's not a spider. All right. Anyway. Um, <laughs> we got a, a, a pretty action-packed episode uh, for you folks this week. We're, of course, going to spend a, a little bit of time talking about that uh, massive win uh, this past Saturday against Northwestern. We'll obviously spend a little bit of time previewing this weekend's matchup in Minneapolis against the Golden Gophers and, and PJ. Yep. Uh, but in between there, we're going to uh, be talking a little bit about the uh, $5 Bits of Broken Chair trophy with not just someone from the, the organization themselves, but actually the individual who put it together. So stay tuned for that. But right now, John, uh, let's let's go back to – let's turn the calendar back a few days to – uh, this past Saturday, October 5th, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, of course, was the site Memorial Stadium for the 300, and I don't even know how many, uh, consecutive uh, sellouts. 13-10 to 10 on uh, on a walk-off field goal from a walk-on kicker. It's pretty crazy stuff. It was crazy. It was just like, you know, just... <laughs> <laughs> and then they tried to kill the kicker at the end. Yeah. You know, chasing him down the field and piling on him. And you're like, oh, my God, somebody's going to – he's going to kill the only guy that can kick for Nebraska now. It pro- probably <laughs> – Yeah, it was. It, it, Lane McCollum. McCallum? I still don't know his name. Whichever. Yeah. Uh, probably sustained a season-ending injury on the on the post-game celebration. So now we're down to our we're, – we're looking for a new kicker again. No, I'm, I'm kidding, everybody. I'm kidding. Um before we move on and talk about the game specifically, and I know you and Zach and Jill spent a little bit of time uh, immediately following the game, putting together some post-game thoughts that uh, we were able to share with uh, the folks. Actually, because of your your three, you trio, because of your uh, uh, diligent work, we were able to get that episode out to you late last Saturday. Uh, so hopefully you folks had an opportunity to listen to that. But before we get to, to the nuts and bolts of the game, uh, Adam Rittenberg, who writes for ESPN and is a Northwestern alum and an all-around D-bag, uh, said, you know, like, really, Nebraska storming the field for a, a, a field goal win over a crappy Northwestern team? And it he got a lot of feedback from that, as you would imagine, not very positive. A lot of Husker fans sounding off, uh, you know, just helping him to understand the context of this isn't just – you know, uh, uh, nobody, nobody really stormed the field. Did no, they? It, it was it was the team. I know uh, the, the chasing, students didn't run down no, the no, no. field. No, and, and a very, I didn't get what he was even saying. He was he was he thought that Nebraska as a stadium, like as as a fan base, was storming the field uh, after defeating you know a Northwestern team that is you know not. Up to snuff this year. I think they're now one and four or two and three or something like that. But, right. but a subpar Northwestern. He thought that there was the stadium, you know, 85, 90,000 strong that was storming the field. But that wasn't the case. And various, you know, camera angles showed it was the team chasing down their teammate, 
a walk-on kicker, you know, a grad transfer from Air Force who was a safety for Air Force, who's a, a home state kid. I think they said, you know, he's from, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Norfolk, but I don't think that's right. Um, but he made a game-winning field goal as time expired after, let's face it, struggling. Uh, you know, he, he missed an earlier game or an earlier kick off the upright. But, uh, uh, you know, he you had all, two field goals. Yeah. But but he also missed one, right. I believe. Um, right. But he he's you know he's the third string kicker or something like that. And and this is a Nebraska team that has lost two in a row to Northwestern in close games. It seems like these two teams always play each other tight. And so there were a lot of reasons for the team to celebrate. Uh, but every camera angle, no nobody stormed the field like they weren't tearing down goalposts as you mentioned last week or the week before you know you know in your old wedding story not not your wedding but the wedding that you and you know marching them to uh, the state capitol nobody was it was a team that was genuinely thrilled for their teammate and and sure big picture you know the the huskers got the win but this is a this is what you know nebraska kids you know i'm i'm not a native son but i think this is what nebraska kids dream of growing up is to have that game-winning moment in Memorial Stadium. And if you're a walk-on, even more so, because, dare I say, and I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but less is expected of you. You're not, you know, a five-star, four-star, you know, three-star scholarship kid. You're, you know, preferred walk-on you, or... You you get mentioned in the off-season. Right. Whereas Wandale Robinson gets 83 articles. Right. Uh, so this was, yeah. a, this was a big deal for him, and again, it helped the team... You know, this is a team that a year ago was 0-6, and now they're 4-2. and They're in a, a much different place than they were 12 months ago. So it's a team that has a lot of reason to celebrate, and I just felt like Rittenberg just wanted to crap all over that. And and he did delete his initial Twitter tweets, and, uh, uh, you know, he issued a statement uh, saying, oh, you know, I didn't understand the, the context of the kick and or why it was so blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's like, dude, just pause. You know, I think I think more people, period, need to, you know, hit hit pause, think things out ten seconds before they hit that tweet button. But that's just me. You know, when I'm on Twitter and I see something happening and people are going nuts about it, I kind of look at it and go, "Why are they all insane about this?" Before I just go, "Oh, you people are stupid. Why oh, you're all dumb. Your whole state's dumb too." Right. You know what I mean? And and again, the fact that it's, he's he's a he's a Northwestern alum probably didn't you know endear. Him to the Is situation, he? yeah. Oh yeah. Well, screw that guy. <laughs> you ain't wrong. God, you ain't wrong. Okay, brother. well that makes more sense. <laughs> hey, hey, before we go further, I got I got to share this with you, John. Yes. Oh, that sounded like you're opening a Pepsi. Man soda. Had a man soda. Man soda. Okay, is that that's what Wait, they call it there in they, Illinois? They don't call them man sodas in uh, like Lincoln or Omaha sports talk shows because that's what they call them on St. Louis, like ESPN one hundred and one. They call them they refer to beers not even as adult beverages but as man sodas. So, okay, we're always coming up with something. Yeah, I guess. Um, so anyway, but. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that game against Northwestern because it was a game where. Maurice Washington was out the first half, didn't look like himself in the second half. You lose uh, Adrian Martinez, J.D. Spielman. I think I don't know if he got his bell rung or what, but but he left. I feel like early in the game, or, or at least in the first half, it was another situation of the Wandale Robinson show. It was, and that's it's good that we have four playmakers instead of just three. <laughs> you know this. Uh, when you go back and look at this game, I mean, the, the total offense for the teams was uh, 319 for Nebraska, 293 for the other imposter in you. Uh, imposter in I mean, you, I like it. This game wasn't close. It was just amazingly close. I don't – I thought before this game that our offense would just beat the snot out of them, but – it's like we're destined to play Northwestern within three points or one score every year for the rest of our lives. And I, I think <sighs> that's what makes that a a rivalry because it's a coin flip. Now Nebraska's not back to where we want the where our expectations are at. Maybe in two three years, 
after, you know, like Wando Robinson is a junior. If Adrian Martinez is still around, he's a senior. I mean, that, that's a big if. I don't know. Um, I, I feel like maybe he's regressed a little bit this year, so he might have to have that senior season before he moves on to the next level, and, and certainly we hope he does. But maybe when those top guys, your top playmakers, are upperclassmen instead of underclassmen, when you have an offensive line that is, has been much maligned you know, this year, uh, but when they've been playing together for their second or third year, you know, when things start to click, when when Scott Frost gets his guys in there, you know, and the, I, I think it, it, every Husker fan should be able to see that there is an increase in talent coming to Lincoln or, or committing to Lincoln. Um, I think when Nebraska reestablishes itself, maybe these games aren't going to be so close. But uh, to quote uh, Matt Millen, who I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm going to, uh, there might just always be that ooga booga about Nebraska and Northwestern where these two teams, for whatever reason, are always going to play each other tight. Um, so, yeah, it, your guess is as good as mine as to why these games. All, I mean, even going back to, you know, the Wester catch, you know, the, the Hail Mary, um, you know, these games have always been decided late. There's not, I don't think, been a runaway, uh, you know, runaway game for, for either team in, in recent memory. Um it seems like, you know, I mentioned him earlier, Martinez, and I and I was listening to your post game chat with Jill and with Zach, and you know, I, I think it was Jill who said, you know, that, that one of the things that she noticed was that they, you know, Martinez is, you know, like where's the where are the other wide receivers? You have J.D. Spielman and, and nobody else, and you know, Wandale Robinson, but you know, he's he's not, you know, going downfield as much. His his is more you know, in the flats, uh, you know, screens, things like that, and out of the backfield, where are the other receivers? And I wonder if, I don't know if it's Martinez rushing things or being forced to rush things because the offensive line is not doing their job necessarily. Um, But I wonder if, you know, the reason we're not seeing as much from Noah, he's not getting targeted as much as we thought. Uh, You know, Jack Stoll, I think, has disappeared, you know, in the last three, four games. Uh, I haven't really seen much of him, but... Uh, you know, the um, the Mike Williams, I know that was a name that Zach mentioned. Uh, I wonder if Martinez is taking the time or having the time to go through his read progression. And, you know, maybe he's, you know, looking for Spielman. If he doesn't see Spielman, he's going to look to dump it off to Wandale and, or, or Maurice Washington. Or if he's not finding them, he's just going to try to take off and make something happen versus – you know, going, you know, checking, checking all the all the boxes that a quarterback's supposed to do. And again, I don't know if it's lack of protect, protection or what. Well, the middle of the line is still an issue. I mean, Wandell Robinson had seven receptions for 123 yards, and after that, you go to Spielman with two, Noah with two, and Austin Allen with one. That's four receivers that caught balls. That uh, that is not what you want to see. I mean, we threw uh, twenty five passes, and for what twelve receptions? Uh, what's that? Yeah, and for if I was doing the math and adding it up right, you said Wandale with seven, Spielman two, Austin or uh, Austin Allen with two, or or Noah with two, and then and then um, and then Allen for one. So I mean, th- like twelve or thirteen receptions is all we're getting from the passing game. Yeah. So. So that was not, it wasn't the best showing. you got to consider uh, Noah Vedral at the end of the game had two of those completions for, sure. uh, out of five attempts. And he, you know what, I, when he came into the game, I thought, oh, my God, why why are we doing, why Northwestern, why do they do this to my liver? And then uh, he actually, I mean, he led the team to victory. That's really what he did. I mean, he didn't get run over and killed like the kicker did. But, True. Uh, and let's, Thank God. Well, let's talk about a, a unique, I don't know if unique is the right word, but a decision that Frost made when Vedral, he was just in the game, really, and had his helmet taken off, and they brought Luke McCaffrey in, and then he went out of the, out of the Wildcat. Um, I would have felt that a better use of you know that situation, you could have put Robinson back there. I know it was it was a topic of much discussion between the three of you on the postgame uh, reaction show, but... You know, you've used up one of his four, you know, redshirt appearances. So, 
Hope, hope nothing happens to Noah Vedral. Although reports uh, in the middle of this week were that Adrian Martinez was, uh, you know, full speed, full contact, full pads at practice. So that's a good sign. It is, and then you know, I yeah, it is a big thing with Luke McCaffrey. But you know, when you're standing on the sideline and you're looking at a game that you need to win, or you really, you know, what you needed to win that game. Just because part of that is, here's here's the thing. I want you to think about this. Minnesota, we're gonna we're not ready to talk about them yet, but I'm gonna tangent off that. This game was about mental toughness. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was about Nebraska coming with one minute left, driving fifty yards or forty nine yards, and winning a game with a walk on kicker. There was a lot of mental toughness at the end of that game, and this team needs to build that up. Especially after Because they're get- gonna go face Minnesota, a team that's won like four the first of the four wins came off they're all single digit wins or single score wins. Some of them were, you know, wins within the last minute of the game. I think Minnesota, we're going to face a team that's mentally tough this weekend. It really meant a lot to Nebraska to win this game, not just in terms of putting up a win, but getting it together inside their heads and their hearts. And when you're standing on the sideline, you're thinking, there's probably so much going on that you're just saying, look at a kid and say, you're a quarterback, get the hell in there. Right. You know, you don't you don't go. Oh my God, it's for one play. You're thinking this is now. The world could get hit by a supernova tomorrow, and it all be over, and then you wouldn't give a shit. I think. Okay, maybe not that. You know, maybe not that far, but you know. I think there might be more to the Northwestern game, and I want to talk about it. But we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to be talking uh, about the five dollar bits of broken chair trophy with Luke, who built the damn thing. Uh, that is coming up when the Five Heart Podcast continues here on Corn Nation Radio. Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahochko here along with John Dam Johnston. And joining us from the Broken Chair Trophy, or in his technical name, the $5 Bits of Broken Chair Trophies, Luke Peterson, who we're pleased to learn. As, of course, this is a, a, a hybrid trophy, Nebraska-Minnesota. But Luke is a Nebraska boy. So, Luke, how you doing, sir? Yes, I am in Nebraska. I'm doing fantastic today, gentlemen. How are you? Doing great. I think John John's after uh, a win. After a win, I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm doing a lot better this week than I was the week before. Let's this just say is that. True. This is true. Well, just before the break, Luke, we were talking a little bit about uh, about that win against Northwestern, and and I go back to late in the game. I'm sitting there. I'm I'm running the Five Heart Podcast uh, Twitter. Follow along, everybody, if you don't already, at the number five, Heart Podcast, nice and simple. And I said, you know what we really need right now is a turnover. And a play or two later, there's a turnover. And uh, Lamar Jackson with, with the interception. And, and I'm, I'm, I go back to years ago, I think it was the 2009 NFL playoffs where Troy Polamalu picked off the Baltimore Ravens quarterback. I want to say it was Joe Flacco at the time. Uh, I'm a Steelers fan. Uh, a lot of our listeners probably know that and roll their eyes. That's all right. Um, and I said, you know, same situation. I said, man, we really need a turnover here. And that's when Paul Amalu made the pick. So I, I sometimes think I, I'm a little luckier than I am when I make comments like that. But this time it paid off in a big way uh, because as soon as as soon as that interception happened, I went back to Twitter because that's what we do. And I said, called it or nailed it or, you know, whatever. Um what would you say, aside from the game-winning field goal, Luke, in your opinion, what was the biggest moment of, of that game uh, in, the, in the 13-10 win over Northwestern? Well, man, I mean, you took it away right there. It's hard to even remember what else happened except for that, that field goal at the end. Uh, we have such close games with Northwestern every single time we play them. Um, they're just gritty. They're they're um, they're tough, and I'm not sure if they play up to our level or we play down to their level. But man, hmm, I think the best moment of that game, I'm going to have to cheat a little bit and say after the field goal was made, seeing uh seeing our kicker run across the field there with his arms <laughs> out looked just like Ron Ron Kellogg doing it way back in the day, and that was probably the best thing I've seen all day there. I know it didn't happen during the game, but I, I can't give anything better for that guy. 
That's a parallel that I never, you know, I never put that correlation together. But yeah, and we mentioned just before the break about, you know, the, the close games and, and uh, how they're always exciting. They're always frustrating and cause me gray hair and John liver problems. But, uh, you know, that that Hail Mary and you're exactly right there. There's it's almost like uh, Lane was was channeling his inner RK3 because, you know, arms outstretched, just just jubilant on his face and and he i mean i don't think he was ready to be tackled <laughs> but uh uh no yeah, no but but you're right when i when i pl- replay that in my mind that's that's almost identical to to the celebration that Ron Kellogg the 3rd had uh what year was that 2015 it's 14 oh Bo last year i think it yeah, had it been 2015. Was it? Wow. Well, they make this wonderful thing called Google. I'm on it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it just seems so long ago, doesn't it? It just seems so long ago. I'm going to say 14 if I'm going to have to guess. 2013. Yeah. See, wow. the years are going by and you guys are getting old. <laughs> they just blur together after a while. They do. Especially when you're, you yeah. know... I'm sure you none of you were imbibing during the game. Oh no, probably not at all. Any of us, of course not. No, no. So, uh, Luke, it, were you at? I mean, do you go uh, to Memorial Stadium to to take games in in person, or are you like myself? Uh, I mean, you're a lot closer uh, being there in Nebraska. I recognize that 402 area code, um, but uh, or do you? You know, get together with friends, watch, watch it at home. What's your what's your game day ritual? Well, every year I have to go to at least one game uh, because I, I don't feel like I'm doing my duty as a diehard Cornhusker fan if I don't. Um, but, you know, I just I, otherwise I like being with my close friends or my siblings and watching the game at home, uh, occasionally with coworkers. Uh, they're just a little bit more comfortable until they until they get the nice padded seats at Memorial Stadium, anyways. And uh, but I uh, know I have to go to at least at least one game a, a year. And I've already got my Northern Illinois game in, so we won that one. I've got Minnesota coming up here next next week or this week this week. It's hard to believe that uh, Nebraska Minnesota. You know, it, it's it was two years ago when Nebraska had something of a collapse that Haas. Uh, who's who's a third member of of our team who's doing midterms this week, and he messages me. He's like, "We need to record now while the pain is fresh," and uh, so we did. And and he says that was one of our best episodes. I I don't I don't remember them. You know, they, they all kind of. I, I think our, our I think each episode is our new best episode. But uh, he remembers that one two years ago, and uh, you know there was a lot of. A lot of emotions, a lot of anger uh, coming out of that one. But here we are now in Scott Frost's second year and his second go around with the $5 Bits of Broken Chair trophy. Let's get into it a little bit, uh, the the trophy itself, because right. in an email, in, in correspondence back and forth with Joe, he says that not only are you an important contributor to the fundraising efforts, but you actually built the trophy so that is correct i i I feel like along with my friend david do you get to when you go to when you go to bars in lincoln do you just say hey i I built the trophy and everybody i mean i I feel like the five dollars you put into that trophy should get you (laughs) free beer for life in lincoln you know i'm a pretty low-key guy i've definitely uh i've definitely um, pull that card uh, when somebody knows uh, what the trophy is, and there's a lot more people every year that know what that trophy is. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I, I like to keep a low profile, and um, you know, we we kind of like to say it's a group effort, all the same, because uh, while I did most of the building of the trophy with um, with my friend David, uh, the other members of our team, you know, the Minnesota fans and the Nebraska fans, both do an incredible amount of work in the background as well. Uh, stuff that I'm just not quite capable of, you know, dealing with um, uh, dealing with media releases and uh, emailing administrators and uh, fundraiser organizers and 
Um, it's just a, it's a group effort. It was birthed from uh, from a group effort. So the, the regular Nebraska media doesn't really promote this thing at all, do they? We have a couple really diehard supporters. Uh, Tom Chattel and the Omaha World Herald loves the trophy. Wrote a really good spread on his last year. Um, Sam McEwen, also of the World Herald, loves the trophy. Um, but otherwise, um, I think they're more concerned about uh, us winning games than they are about a fun side trophy that you know, just brings joy to people's lives and is really fun to talk about. So I'm, we're, I'm kind of hoping that if uh, we start winning a lot more in the future, then uh, they'll be able to uh, kind of get on the trophy bandwagon a little bit more and start promoting that a bit. This is uh, the sons of bitches ought to get on it now. He, I mean, you realize we had a Missouri I, I Bell trophy. Did you know that there was a rivalry trophy with Mizzou? <laughs> I I think uh, the only reason I am aware of that was from the NCAA football game, and even then, I was like, "What is this? A Bell trophy with Mizzou? Right. No idea. I've never right. heard that bell ring. I've never seen that bell. Nobody knew about it because we kicked their ass so much." I, All the time. So Nebraska, of course, is still a relative newcomer to the Big Ten, but the Big Ten is the land of trophies. Uh, I, I mean, there's Paul Bunyan's axe. There's uh, honestly more than I can name, but you got to imagine that if you go back 100 years or however many years, it, a lot of these, you know, like the little brown jug, were probably not officially recognized right away. Uh, Luke, did you or... or Let's say your co-conspirators on the Minnesota side, since they're you know lifelong Big Teners, did anybody ever maybe look into like the history of of any of these trophies and maybe see how long it takes to become officially recognized to be truly accepted by the athletic departments? I mean, this is, and I don't know, maybe it's the association that the five dollar bits of broken chair trophy has with a former head coach, or at least a former head coach's parody Twitter account. Um, but I, I mean, the, first of all, even on the fundraising side, you all are doing great work and this is something that just the fan bases really love. So it's win-win for the athletic departments. And I don't know why they're still like on the fence about it. Hmm. Well, let's, let's start with how traditions are made. Um, and I haven't looked into how a lot of the trophies, uh, in the Big Ten came about, um, but yeah, some of them like the Little Brown Jug have been around for what a hundred some years. It's it's ridiculous. But you know, how does the trophy? How does the tradition even get started? Um, at my family's house at Christmas every year, uh, we have pickled herring. I don't know why, but somebody just started bringing pickled herring one year, and somebody kept doing it the year after that, and now it's tradition. And who knows how it started, but it's there. And uh, we kind of feel the same way about the about the uh, the broken chair trophy. Um, we're just going to keep bringing it out every single year. We're going to keep emailing the administrators at the athletic departments every single year to keep it in their face, to keep it fresh, and uh, to uh, increase visibility for the trophy. Uh, because not only is it supporting some really good causes, but yeah, it's a damn fine trophy. Oh, absolutely! I remember interviewing those guys last year. And I said, why did you pick the charities that you picked for this? And they told me, it's for the children. And who can be against something you're doing for children? And I thought that that was the most genius idea and answer that you guys could come up with. So this whole thing is surrounded. You guys are some pretty smart people. We have a lot of smart people in our group, let me tell you. But I, we, that's what we, we tried to think about. How can we get this trophy to have some staying power? Uh, um, because that's one of our goals is to make the trophy a annual thing, to have the teams actually battle for it and get on the field. But we knew we needed to tie it in with something that, uh, that people could get behind outside of being just a football trophy. And that's when we decided to uh, select the University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital and Team Jack to be beneficiaries of uh, our fundraising efforts because like you said, we're helping kids and I don't know how anybody could have a problem with that. Angry people. <laughs> people who don't like fun. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just bitter. People who have and pies to work. 
so correct me exactly luke correct me if i'm wrong or let me rephrase correct wikipedia if it's wrong but the trophy that's in place now is not the original broken chair trophy that is correct this is a faithful replica Um, the original trophy uh, that got passed between nebraska and minnesota for two years and uh, after Mike Riley won it um, the year before that famous collapse we were talking about, uh, we brought it, or two years before, we brought it back home. And there's even a picture of Mike Riley holding it on the official Huskers Twitter account. And uh, after that, it went dark. The trophy disappeared for an entire year. Nobody talked about it. Um, a Reddit user even, uh, even submitted a Freedom of Information Act request to the university try to figure out where that trophy went uh, to no avail. Couldn't figure it out. And we'd like to think of uh, hiding in some closet somewhere. Maybe Sean I course, took it and keeps it under his bed and just laughs maniacally uh, whenever he thinks about how he tried to destroy uh, you know, the Husker football program. Maybe Bo Pelini's got it. <laughs> oh, I would be so happy if Bo Pelini had it. And, you know, great thing about that, you know, is, is – as fiery as he is, he can't break that trophy again. So it's already broken. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, so we go ahead. Go ahead. We we um. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of history of the trophy. Then uh, after it disappeared for an entire year, uh, my friend David approached me at uh, church and said, "Hey, Luke, can you build the five dollar bits of broken chair trophy?" I said, "Well." I think so. That shouldn't be a problem. And he said, we're trying to get it started back up again. You know, we've got some fans on Reddit. We've got some Minnesota fans. We've got some fellow Husker fans. And we need a trophy. So uh, David and I put our heads together, um, put our woodworking skills together, and over the course of several weeks, built a uh, a much shinier version of the original trophy uh, in all the same uh, – all the same uh, – dimensions, everything else. We just added a little bit of flourish to it. And let me tell you, it, it's shiny. It looks good. And even though it isn't the original, we think it functions just fine until we can find that original. That is, it's a fascinating story. Uh, and it will long go down in the lore of the Broken Chair Trophy as far as the the original trophy that, that went missing. And kudos to you guys for, you know, like it, when when you decide, hey, you know, let we, let's let's bring this back, or you know, let's let's create a new one. How does that go about? Like, what was the process? How did you initially like get involved, and and who did you have to reach out to on the Minnesota side to say, hey, you know what, we don't know what happened to the original trophy, but we want to bring it back, and this is why we want to bring it back, and we want to involve, you know. Charities, like I said, you know, for the kids because you can't say no to the kids. Um, so, how did it, how did it go from you guys saying we should do this to, you know, working with the Minnesota guys or you know, gals, the Minnesota people, and and you know, just that, make you know, kind of making that cohesive unit. It was a whirlwind. Um, it started out with a couple Nebraska fans on Reddit. Uh, Turns out somebody else had already had the idea to build a uh, a second trophy. Um, one of our one of our guys from Carney, and he started putting out some feelers on the RCFB subreddit on on Reddit, and found out that uh, David and I had already started work on the trophy. And from there, we started communicating with different people over Reddit. Uh, we had a few. Um, a few uh, posts there that gained some traction, and eventually we uh, were put in touch with uh, some people who were part of a fan advisory committee in Minnesota uh, who are now part of our group, uh, and they come from completely you know, completely different backgrounds, varying backgrounds, And but the common thread is that we loved the trophy. They were really sad that it disappeared and were really um really involved in trying to bring it back in a way that was going to be sustainable and keep on going for years and years. Um, and this all happened in the course of only a week or two. That's kind of, if you go back and look at, 
I mean, the, the fact that it was missing for two years adds to the mystique of it. And if you go back and look at a lot of the Big Ten rivalry trophies, I mean, they started with the goofiest stuff possible. You know, you got, uh, what was it? You mentioned the little brown jug. Uh, Minnesota mm-hmm. wanted it back, and Michigan said, we'll play you for it. I mean, who, and you look at it, and it, you go, <laughs> who would care? I mean, maybe they were so dirt poor back in 1921 that they just went, we need our brown jug. You know, Bob wants it. They left it there. You know, you got Floyd of Rosedale, which is a pig that uh, the governors, two governors of Minnesota and uh, Iowa, bet each other like a pig. And then they just turned it into a, you can't give a pig away every year. So they turned it into a trophy. And then you got the horrifying, unbelievably ungodly land grant trophy. I don't know if you guys know what that is. Oh, that's a monstrosity, and I love it. It's god awful. I mean, I, some, you know what I mean? <laughs> Some some drunk guy, really drunk guy, had to design and like put that thing together. But I mean, you know, the mystique, the the fact that it was missing, I think, adds to the story. Um, how is the fundraising going? Do you know? Are you paying attention? Yes. Oh, yes. We've been tracking it. Uh, we've been tracking it a lot this week. Uh, the fundraising is going well. We have a goal of twenty thousand dollars to raise this year. Uh, it's a pretty ambitious goal. Uh, considering last year we rose about, uh, we raised about, oh, $12,000. Um, but I was just informed that we're about to break our, break our single day donation record. Um, as of right now, we're $100 away or so. Um, so we are about 25% funded, but it always ramps up a few days before, uh, before the, the game. Uh, game day is a big day as well. We collect donations as we go around the tailgates. And uh, we just do social media blitzes. We contact players. We contact uh, former players. Uh, so the fundraising efforts are going really well this year so far. I think we're going to make our goal. I, I want to say this, and this is a challenge to all the Husker fans listening. I'm currently looking side by side, you know, different tabs on, on my laptop here, and the Minnesota fundraising side and the Nebraska fundraising side. And right now, They've got us edged out by about $900. This is Wednesday night. By kickoff, obviously people aren't going to hear this until Friday. Unacceptable. Exactly. We need to raise more than Minnesota. I've done my part. And now I challenge you, you. Nebraska fans, go to uh, brokenchairtrophy.com, donate for the Huskers, and... uh, and and again, it's going towards Team Jack, so it, it's it's beyond you know beyond worthy. Uh, I I don't even know how how else to put it. It, it. If you're doing it for the kids, you can't find a better cause than that. Um, this has been you know, first of all, this is fun. Uh, I love talking to people. I, I love talking to other Husker fans. And and hey, look, if they made us talk to somebody from Minnesota, we'd talk to them too. But we'd make fun of them a lot more. Uh, so Luke, man, I, I pre- as you should. what's that? Absolutely. As you should make fun of them as we should. Uh, no, they're great. Dude. <laughs> anybody who's, you know, and kudos to Goldie Gopher or, or the social media team behind the Goldie Gopher Twitter account for helping on the Minnesota side, to get this ball rolling, you know, several years ago. Uh, but in all honesty, folks, check it out. Again, go to brokenchairtrophy.com. Links will be available, uh, and and you can go to the Five Heart Podcast Facebook page and Twitter right now and find the link that'll take you directly to the GoFundMe site that'll benefit uh, uh, the Husker side of the Broken Chair Trophy fundraiser, which, again, benefits Team Jack. John, do you have anything uh, else for our esteemed guest? Yeah, he needs to tell us the events. Where is it going to be Friday night? True. Friday night is going to be at the Mall of America in Minneapolis. Uh, there's a Husker event going on there. Uh, we're still trying to figure out Nebraska. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. See, we've been trying to get in contact with some people about that. So it will be there, 6 o'clock. Uh, on Saturday, we will be going around um, to the tailgate lot surrounding Minnesota's TCF Bank Stadium. Uh, you'll be able to see us walking around. You'll see the shiny chair gleaming in all of its glory. And uh, just stop, uh, give us a holler, say, hey, broken chair, we'll come over, we'll take pictures with you. And, uh, you know, you can, you can get your very own selfie with the chair and maybe donate money to a great cause. 
And we uh, look after after this, you send me an email, and I can get you in contact with the Minnesotans for Nebraska. Because I will be there. I live in Chaska. Uh, I will be there shooting the game this week, and hopefully not witnessing the funeral that I saw two years ago. Because I can tell you, standing on the sideline two years ago. Uh, I, it was it was horrible. I mean, I looked around at people that I knew from the athletic department, and they I, literally one of them looked like he wanted to dig a hole in the ground in TCF Bank Stadium. Um, I don't want to see that happen again this week. I don't think we will. Uh, any so is that the for so Friday night Minnesotans for Nebraska at the Mall of America? I should be there. I hope uh, my oldest. This kid is buying a house on Friday, and I might have to help them move. I hope they say, no, you're too old. Just go have a beer or two. I wish people would Man, say that every day. Kid tell you that, you've got great kids. <laughs> well, I, I do have one rotten son who is a University of Minnesota student, <laughs> and uh, he, texts me oh. things, he texts me things for which I, I'm glad that he's not living at home anymore. Otherwise, I'd kill him in his sleep. <laughs> wow. Uh, he's kidding, of course, everybody. Well, this, this is for entertainment purposes. We've got to get that disclaimer out there because people overreact on the Internet, John. I don't know if you knew that or not. Oh, they do. Okay. I would uh, – I'd maim him in his sleep. How about that? That's fine. Uh, we're, getting, okay. we're getting better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, BrokenChairTrophy.com. Donate for the Huskers. We're not going to let them win on Saturday. We're not going to let them out-donate us. That's all I got. Luke, you've been a, a blast to have on the show. Great luck uh, with the rest of the fundraising. When does the fundraising close if somebody wants to uh, donate online? We're going to keep it up uh, one week after the game. Okay. So there'll be plenty of time. You know, you get paid on, you get paid on Friday. If you bet on the Huskers and win a lot of money, you can donate after that as well. Uh, so we will have that up for a little while afterwards. Um, like you said, brokenshareatrophy.com. You can get in contact with us on our social media as well, well at uh, on Twitter at Broken Share. We're on Facebook as, as well. Uh, you know, reach out to us; we'll direct you where you need to go. Fantastic! Donate for the so Huskers. What, what I really heard, what I heard from that is, we need to taunt Minnesota fans more than we are now. Oh, absolutely! I yeah. mean, they're the best fans outside of uh, Nebraska fans, but still, they're not Nebraska fans. <laughs> That's true. That last part subject to to. Uh... Uh, it's more subjective than, than objective truth. Uh, w- thanks again, Luke. We're going to take a timeout. Oh, shh, almost forgot. Before we go, Luke, we need your prediction for the outcome of the game Saturday. Oh, man. Well, Noah Vedro, I, I am uh, predicting he's going to be starting the game, and I think he is just going to drive and light it up. I'm going to say uh, Nebraska, uh, Nebraska 35 and Minnesota uh, 21. So you don't think we're going to have a, a a good field goal attempt this week? Is that what you're saying? No faith no at all. No faith in our walk off, walk on here. We won't need field goals, Greg. That's what he's saying. Come sorry, on. Sorry. Fine. Fine. That's right. Field goals are for people who can't who can't score touchdowns. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say that too loud because we've. Well, we haven't hit hit a lot of field goals this year either. All right. Thanks again, Luke. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, John and I are going to uh, talk a little bit more about this upcoming matchup with the Minnesota Golden Gophers, give our predictions, and hosses from beyond. That's up next on the Five Heart Podcast. Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahochko, John Dam Johnston, and Hoss Reuter with us in spirit as he is uh, studying for his midterms. We wish him the best of luck. John, you live in Minnesota. You are a... Would you consider yourself a Minnesotan? No. All right. I mean, that's the thing about Nebraskans. Nebraskans. uh, Wherever we go, we're still Nebraskans. I mean, I realize there's some people that adopt their their adopted states or the states they move to, but, uh, you know, I still pretty much consider myself a Nebraskan. Um, I don't care how long I've lived here. I mean, I love Minnesota. I do. I like living here. It's a nice state to live in. Uh, high quality of life. The winters can be hell. I think that's horrible. But, uh, it's pretty good. That's why I couldn't. I couldn't do Minnesota because of winter. I don't. I, I vehemently dislike ice and snow. 
Well, this game Saturday is looking like it's going to be in the mid-30s with possible freezing rain and snow. So That's it'll be interesting. Let me tell you where it's going to be where I'm watching it. About 76, 77, dry, because I'll be on my couch. <laughs> Well, here's the the thing about this game coming up. I mean, we, are we talking about the game now? Yeah. I picked the I picked Minnesota to win the Big Ten West, and the reason I did that is because they spent last year figuring out who they were. Uh, they have a good quarterback. They have good players. I don't. It, they don't maybe have a four really good playmakers on offense, but they have Tanner Morgan and Tyler Johnson and a uh, running back's names uh, who I can't – Abraham uh, – Abreem, God, I'm butchering that. They, they spent last year figuring out who they were in the second year of PGA Flex tenure. They fired their defensive coordinator a little bit through the season, and after that, uh, I think it was right after we beat the snot out of them last season – uh, I think it was, yeah. And they figured that out. They 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 figured out their defense. I their defense in the weeks after that played lights out. They crushed Wisconsin and got the Paul Bunyan backs trophy backs trophy back. Oh, you mean uh, last last week? I think Minnesota year. has it going. I, Nebraska fans tend to be dismissive of Minnesota, and I think the reason why is we don't like it. Their coach. We look at him and we go, that guy's a gimmick. I feel. And like, I'll say this. I feel like we I, didn't I, have I, that. We didn't have that kind of disrespect when it was Jerry Kill. We always thought, like, oh, my God, is Jerry Kill going to die on the sidelines this week? Well, that's true. But I think when you look at P.J. Fleck, the way he runs out of the tunnel, the way he runs up and down on the field, the the constant high-energy stuff, the, the row-the-boat thing seems cheesy. You know, I will say this, I, and, and I hope you take it in the way that I'm going to say it, Nebraska fans. Minnesota I- has an identity it may be built around P.J. Fleck and his cheesy row the boat thing, but they have an identity, and he's done a good job of getting that team to where they are now, five games into the season, ranked and undefeated. Uh, is he going to be a though. great That's coach the crazy for Minnesota? Thing. Uh, is he going to be a great coach? You know, who knows where he's going to go after this, but I still think that uh, he's done a good job. He's uh, especially done a good job this year. This game this weekend is going to be a dogfight, and with the weather the way it is, you know, it's probably going to be about another 3.17 to 14 game. I'm not making that prediction right now, but um, it's going to be interesting. But that's the thing. They're they're 5-0, but they're not ranked. Aren't they ranked? I thought they were Twenty fourth and one of the bowl. Ah, crap! Not gonna make me look. Well, here's the thing. You talk, uh, I look. I mean, they came back. You know, they have they have they played some. I, here's here's what I want to say about this. They're and not. They're not if, in the AP it's not top your team. If if it's not your team, you make fun of their non-conference schedule. Okay, so Georgia Southern, Fresno State, those teams are nothing to us. Okay, well we didn't play that well against South Alabama, and then we lost to Colorado after leading. So, if you want to go into this and say, well they haven't beaten anybody, fine. We haven't really beaten anybody in the big scheme of things either, and in fact we've been smashed into the ground by a really good team. So you can't make that comparison and make it stick with any level of objectivity. I'm, I'm going to stop you so, right there. I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. We, yeah. All right, so my son's upstairs, so I can I can talk a little freer now. We did get our dicks kicked in the dirt by Ohio State. But Ohio State is going to be playing in on a, in the New Year's Six Bowl in, in the playoff, unless they have a total second half of the season meltdown, which I don't see happening. They are, here's the thing, they're the only team in the country, well, I shouldn't say that. Them and, they and Florida are the only teams in the country that are 6-0. and Alabama's 5-0, and Clemson's 5-0, and Georgia's 5-0, and Oklahoma's 5-0, and LSU's 5-0, and but Ohio State and Florida have played every week so far and are 6-0. and And oh, by the way, Ohio State's got Northwestern this week. Uh, Alabama is going to play Texas A&M, who barely beat uh, a subpar 
I can't even remember who they barely beat last week. It, it, they they barely escaped there with their lives. You got Georgia taking on a South Carolina team that I think Missouri beat earlier this week uh, year, and Clemson's against Florida State, and Florida State's in tatters. Now, I'm not saying that you know Northwestern's the second coming. They're not. They're bad. But Oklahoma's got the Red River rivalry, and LSU's got Florida. So LSU and Florida, they're six and seven, and that's going to be your game of the week. But Ohio State's going to be playing in the college football playoffs, period. And even though we got our asses handed to us by them, that's a bigger opponent than Minnesota has to this point in their season. Oh, that's true. By a long shot. I don't disagree with that. So the fact, I mean. But they've still won all their games. True. And we lost to Colorado because. I, for several reasons. I don't want to say we lost to Colorado because of refs or we lost to Colorado because we don't have a kicker. We lost to Colorado because we got conservative in play call in the second half, up 17 nothing. We played, as cliche as it is, we played not to lose instead of, you know, keeping our, our, you know, boot on the throat of, of the Buffaloes and, and, you know, throttle down. Cliche, cliche. I hate doing it. I'm sorry. It's sports talk. It is what it is. Um, but, you know, we, we got away from what helped us build the 17-point lead in the first half anyway, and, and we pissed the game away. I still contend that we're better than our 4-2 and two record. And that's tough to say based on the losses that we've had. One was in overtime, and the other was getting the shit kicked out of us by Ohio State. That being said, I think Minnesota's a paper tiger. And... Like I know, look, this is me. I, I'm going to attack you in a way, John. I do it. Go ahead, of, bring it on, buddy. <laughs> I do it out of love, but we know that you've got a soft heart, a soft spot in your heart for Minnesota because you lived there for so long. Because your rotten son is not really your like he's your rotten son publicly, but privately he's your favorite child. Uh, and because he's proudly waving, he sends you those little, you know, Minnesota memes and gifts and you know rowing the boat and you see your phone light up and you just squeal with excitement i don't know i'm, I'm just kidding oh my that. god <laughs> holy just, shit dude i'm just kidding about <sighs> i'm just kidding about that last part um yeah <laughs> all right so no they they beat south dakota state okay they, okay. They, okay you want to sunday at 11 41 <laughs> uh i get a text from from him that says you've got the wrong coach for a team that's stacked with talent. And, and huh? you didn't, I, I know he's moving out, but you didn't just throw shit out of the house at that point. No, that no. This is the son that's already out of college. Oh, okay. The oldest son is the one that's moving out. Wow. <sighs> yeah. I, yeah. They, yeah. Don't they love you? Why would they say Scott that? Scott Frost looks like he has no idea how to utilize the assets he has. <laughs> Well, PJ Fleck had this, to take a. This is a game. This is this is not stuff I get excited over. So, no, I know. If anybody's good. listening to this and thinking that somehow I have some soft spot in Minnesota, you know, I will have a soft spot for Minnesota when they're playing Iowa. Fair. And maybe when they're playing Wisconsin, but I've always kind of liked the Wisconsin. By the way, uh, but that their, their game against Wisconsin because I don't need any shit about it. Their, What's that? Their game against Wisconsin is going to be uh, on the 30th, so that's going to be, you know, that's their rivalry game. Uh, Minnesota-Wisconsin on uh, two days after Thanksgiving. Uh, but they have, you know, they've got Rutgers and Maryland after us, Penn State at home, which is going to be an interesting game. And then it's at Iowa, at Northwestern. But, again, they, they've played Purdue, and Purdue was exposed this year. They The only game that they've had that, you know, they won by more than a score – yeah, no, I'm, I'm double check. More than the score was Illinois. Now we can't say a whole lot because we barely beat Illinois. I get that, um, but I don't know, man. I just, I don't, I don't think. I think they're the the phoniest five and zero that's out there. Here's another text. Are you ready for this one? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Am I? Wait, is this is this going to make me mad? Am I, do I need to go get another beer first? Yes. Seriously, I mean, I'll do it. I'm out. I, I'll go get a beer. Okay. Well, you know, you know what? You need to listen to this. Okay. The difference is that PJ Fleck can fire up his team to get a ranked win, and Scott Frost can't get a ranked win unless he, the team is 25 
or until his team is full of NFL talent. Who, who, what was their ranked win? I don't know. Is that the Wisconsin I, game know, last I, year? I don't, at this point, I just, I just did not, I didn't respond anymore. I just said that that's the end of this texting stream. It must have been, it must bitch. have been Wisconsin last year. Oh, okay. So anyway, uh, I'm, I'm just, it, it, all right. It does my heart some good knowing that you've written your children out of your will. At least, at least the two the two sons. I'm sure your daughter's a delight and sweetheart and angel. I don't know whatever she is. See, and she probably doesn't even talk to you about football. That's probably why she's your favorite. Uh, she did say after the Ohio State game, all she said was, "What the hell, Dad?" <laughs> did she offer you a consolation hug? I think she got me something for Starbucks. That that's a good daughter right there. I mean, maybe not Starbucks, but that's a good daughter. She cares. But anyway, she's not really a, a huggy person. But I don't. Okay, I don't, I don't know your family, John. I know you. All right, I, I don't. I, I know you. I know Rotten Son. Those are the only Johnstons that you ever talk about. And your wife's pretty cool, based on you know conversations we've had, and you know how she puts up with you, and and all that other stuff. But I don't know your family. Like I don't know your daughter's a hugger. How would I know that? You're kind of getting bent out of shape here. <laughs> okay, what else we got, Greg? Oh, we, son of a bitch. We had, uh, I took to Twitter earlier uh, on the day that we recorded it, Wednesday. I, I said, you know what? It dawned on me that we've only had one 11 o'clock kickoff all season, and it was the first game against South Alabama. And so I said, you know what? It, the, the game against Minnesota is, it's a 6.30 start, and I put Central, which is God's time zone. Uh, and I said, so I asked everybody on Twitter, I said, what's your favorite time for Husker football to begin? All times being central, obviously. Uh, 1%, and the choices were 11, 2.30, prime time, and Pac-12 time, a.k.a. late night. We got over 450 votes for, for this, which is pretty incredible when the Twitter account itself has 117 followers. By the way, if you're listening to this, go ahead and follow at the number five heart podcast, another plug. 1% of the vote uh, or 1% of the people said Pac-12 time. They like the late night Husker games. I think those people are crazy. That's just me moving on. Only 10% said 11 o'clock. 36% said prime time, but 53% said they like that 2.30 kickoff. John, do you have a preferred time for Husker kickoff? You know, I don't, I don't know if I do, really. I guess I just I, I take it as it, as it comes, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I guess two thirty would probably be the preferable uh, time. I mean, it depends. I, if I'm going to the game, probably two thirty uh, earlier in this. Or I'm sorry, six thirty is okay with me earlier in the season when it's a little warmer, uh, and then two thirty because uh, I think if I'm going to Memorial Stadium, a two thirty start is fine. You can go around and do stuff. Like, you know, I'm usually carrying a camera, so I go around and take photos, and people are well into their tailgating and stuff. But uh, this game coming up, I'm looking at the uh, weather, and it's uh, a high of 39 on Saturday, a uh, low of 35 with 40% chance of snow showers. So I, I, I guess I look there. at that and I go, why did they stick this game at 630? Right. I realize for TV, but... Ew. So, aside from all the votes, we had a couple of uh, responses, uh, comments uh, on Twitter. Uh, Dave Fight at Fight Can Write, that's F-E-I-T, Can Write, said, Home game, he prefers 2.30 or primetime. If it's a road game he's not attending, he prefers 11 o'clock. And the real PJ at PJGBR Husker says, I'm West Coast, so on TV I don't uh, really care. If at the game in Lincoln, 2.30 is the best, then nighttime. Well, he says eleven o'clock sucks. So, I think I think eleven a.m. games are mostly I didn't, not very. They're not as fun. <laughs> what the hell is that? My my son's got a little whistle, <laughs> and I I made the mistake. Happy to do it, but made the mistake of teaching him how to use the whistle. <laughs> so he just wanted to come and show me that he's whistling. Um, for me, I'm a two thirty guy. I think 2.30 I can get stuff done around the house or, you know, like there was a few weeks ago that I had to work that morning. 
uh, and and I was able to get home plenty of time for kickoff. Um, I don't mind 11 o'clock games. I just have to structure my day a little different. Usually that means getting up earlier to do some stuff or just not being productive. I think the 11 o'clock for productivity is, is, is the worst. Uh, obviously, prime time, I can get everything I needed to get done, done. So um, that's that. I mean, if I'm watching on TV, I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to watch football all day from like nine in the morning until midnight or until when I fall asleep. So, that's fair. you know, if I'm watching at home, it really, I don't give a shit. By the way, Haas uh, said, uh, and he says, uh, I say this as a total morning person, but 11 a.m. is the goat kickoff time. Wake up, coffee, college game day, and then the game feels like Saturday stretches on forever when we play at 11. So. There you go. There you go. Got the the, the other uh, uh, leg of the tripod to chime in. Not only that, but we got somebody that made kind of an unsolicited phone call last week. It was just before the uh, kickoff, or I guess a couple hours before kickoff with the Northwestern game. It came in late last Saturday morning. John, it's time for they, the listeners, to use their voice. Husker fans, you have hot takes. You have opinions. You have questions. Now, it's time to use your voice. Tweet the show at the number 5 Heart Podcast. Message us on Facebook or leave a voicemail at 402-327-1830. But most important... Use your voice. Uh, all right, John. So this call comes to us from the 402, and they didn't leave a name. But they were very complimentary towards you. And, uh, the, of course, this was post-Ohio uh, State, pre-Northwestern. And uh, here's what they had to say. Hey there, fellas. Uh, most importantly, John, first off, thank you for you – know, Voicing your your opinion in a sense uh, for just that 12 minute bit, I think that was honestly something that Husker Nation really needed to hear. Just because we heard it enough last year in terms of you know if you're not on board, then get off the boat kind of stuff. But in reality, the thing I think that gets most most forgotten is this team still has a chance to win the Big Ten West. Win the Big Ten. Probably not, but I mean, the fa- if they can get themselves into an extra postseason game on top of a bowl game, then that would be a major, major step for this team. And uh, hey, thank you guys again for everything you do. You guys are really good at it, for sure. So there you have it, John. You have a fan. Uh, you have the ability to bring people together with your words, sir. I thought I thought that was funny. Mostly because, I guess, you know, after the Ohio State game, I know nobody wanted to talk about that game at all, but I felt like something had to be said. And I, I literally took, I have a voice recorder and a mic that I use for interviews and things like that. And uh, I just went outside and stood in front of my house and stared up at the sky and uh, let her rip. Well, you, but, you brought the house down I mean, with, with your emotion and, and your honesty. And uh, it was felt. It was felt across the interwebs. Well, more people need to call in and leave us feedback. I agree. And they can do so by calling the following number, 402-327-1830, and use your voice. You can also, of course, uh, be part of the conversation on Facebook and Twitter uh, at the number 5 Heart Podcast or at Coordination, but usually at the number 5 Heart Podcast because that Coordination Twitter feed's always pretty busy. So just... uh. Talk to me on the Five Heart Podcast, and we'll have well good Husker related conversations. Um, let's get out of here. What do you say? We, it, it's been a good show, John. I appreciate you as always, buddy. Do um, we got to do predictions? Don't well, we? I know I'm, I'm getting there, but you already did your prediction. But I'm oh, gonna okay. You do it. I'm going to make you do it again since we're going to keep it all nice good. and clumped together. So why don't you give? Tell you what, since he's not here, I'll read Haas's prediction. He says, okay. uh, "Nebraska 31, Minnesota 26." 26? Um, my guess That's is there's going to be there, there's going to be some field goals in there, I believe. Um, probably, he think my guess, based on the math, two touchdowns, four field goals for Minnesota. It's the only way. I, mean, I think that, I, I think the weather's going to, I don't, you know, if it was snowing, that'd be good. 
because I don't mind snow games at all. They're kind of fun. They're not horrible. You know what to expect. But when you get to do a rain where it's that kind of raining, crappy, freezing rain, everything turns to shit. So I, I, I don't see a lot of scoring in this game. Honestly, I think that favors us because I think, uh, I don't know. I guess I just have a little bit more faith in us in a low-scoring game against Minnesota, uh, especially if we're mi- missing our playmakers, you know? Right. Uh, I'll go – I'm going to go 24-21, to 21 and we do make a field goal again to win the game. You think it's going to be – is it going to be walk-off, or you just think it's going to be like the field goal is the difference? You know what I think? I think Minnesota has the ball last with a minute 45 left, and they are intercepted to foil their undefeated season. Boom. I like it. Even though you said that you call them to win the West, I like that we're going to get them over on your would-be champs. Uh, I'm going to go Nebraska 35. I I like where Luke was heading. Uh, I like 35-21. I think our defense is going to play well again because – the defense has had to play well. It's the defense has been the only reason that, you know, we've maintained the success that we've had. Uh, and I even, I remember it, it got a lot of, got a lot of traction by that. I mean, I think four people liked it and another couple, you know, retweeted it, but I made the comment during the game last week against Northwestern. And I think it was maybe right after Martinez went down or something like that. And I said, Hey, all right, defense, we've asked a lot of you so far this season, but we're going to need to lean on you again. Uh, just help us help us get through it or something like that, and, and that that received a you know positive response. Um, I think the defense is going to do its job, bend and not break. I say thirty five twenty one. I'm going to agree with Luke on that. Uh, so that is it for our illustrious show, the Five Heart Podcast. Again, you can uh, join the conversation at the number Five Heart Podcast on Twitter at Coronation on Twitter or Facebook dot com slash Five Heart Podcast. Just spell it all out. And uh, make sure you comment and things like that. Um, I kinda, I don't think I can find it in such short notice, but friend of the show, Josh, uh, left a, a comment after, I think, last episode or on last episode. So make sure you always check that out. Friend of the show, Josh, is one of the smartest Husker fans I know, and I'm not saying that because we used to be roommates. He's he's emotional. I, I got a lot of F-bombs in my uh, in my inbox last Saturday, but uh, – uh, he gets it squared away. I said, dude, just relax. It, it, things will turn around. And, and they did. And then he had to apologize to me. So uh, great job, friend of the show, Josh, for always bringing a smile. And uh, that's it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. Remember, you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, and uh, Megaphone. And right there on coronation.com and jerrymonkey.com as well. For myself, Greg Mahochko, for Haas Reuter in, abs- in absentia, for John Dam Johnston, and for my son, playing the whistle behind me we remind you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need john go big red smash the golfers and win the damn game this is a production of the jittery monkey podcast network for more jittery shenanigans go to jitterymonkey.com. monkey.com